Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. From radio shows past. And by the way, when you're smiling, joining us on the line right now when you're is Clem Flurm. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking my call. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you all right? I'm fine, thanks. You sound, you sound a little overwrought today, Clem. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just rot. Okay, okay. You got the rot just right then. Not That's too much, right. not it's too little. Not under or over. That's good. What do you think about this uh, plumber's? Well, problem? you know, Lisa made a comment um, when you asked her when you put her on the spot about whether or not she actually likes. Yeah. Derrieres, and she said that it's all in the presentation. And, yeah. And I, I have to agree with that. I, I think that presentation is everything, and mm-hmm. part of that presentation could be what you call it. What you would call it, so right? Plum, you know, the the lady called and said that she called it. What did she say? Butt, butt cleavage. cleavage. I believe, that's, yeah, that's a very good euphemism yeah. for that. Yeah, that is pretty good. That plumber's crack sounds pejorative. So if a, a, a nicer word or words for it, yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. So I came up with some other euphemisms for the. How many are we talking about here, Clem? Um, ten. So then this would be. The top ten youth of euphemisms for the plumber's crack. Okay, all right. And then this would the first first one then would be number ten. Root canal. <laughs> number nine. Number nine. The crooked grin. Smiling at you. Number eight. Yeah. Bud face. <laughs> number seven. The seven ten split. <laughs> Number six. Union gap. <laughs> Number five. Pencil holder. <laughs> Number four. The King Snohomish County line. <laughs> Number three. Southern comfort. <laughs> a hot list. Yeah. Number two. Larry. <laughs> That's what I've always called it. And the number one euphemism for plumber's crack. The man. <laughs> Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. My master's gone away. How you doing? Um, are you talking to me? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm really, I just think it's a really good question and a great way to start a podcast. I'm doing all right. I'm <clears throat> sad that summer... Seeming to seem concerned. I don't care. My going away. I'm sad that summer's over, yeah. but uh, yeah. I like fall. Fall's one of my favorite times In of the, the year. In the top four. Uh, I know summer's your favorite, but I, I think I like fall better than summer. It's been, plus it's been so hot that it wasn't a very enjoyable summer. It was hot and smoky all summer. So, yes, it was. Very so, smoky. 
said someday you'll find happy that fall's yeah. here. Well, I, I if we have fall, that, last year in Central Oregon, where I'm speaking to you from, uh, we didn't really have a fall. It just seemed like the door shut on summer and suddenly it was winter. Yeah. And then my memory of this place is that it used we used to have these win- wonderful, what they call Indian summers, mm-hmm. that would uh, just develop into these rather warm, lovely days, leaves turning. But it's still very walkable and, and great for outdoors and going jogging and all of that. Uh, last year was a sudden change, and it seems like we're getting down to where we have like three seasons here in Central Oregon. That might have been a, a one-off there. We'll see. But it was terrible. And then two years ago, we had probably the worst winter I can remember in my uh, my memory of, of, of living here as a kid. Uh, it was just snow foot after foot of it and it wouldn't go away and uh i don't want that to happen again yeah did you were you able to get out or were you just pretty much did you get like cabin fever and start going oh yeah start going crazy like jack nicholson the shining crazy yeah i kind of did (laughs) here's johnny Following that winter from hell, I went out and uh, we, I went to Sears and I bought a snowblower, one of those snow machines that clears your driveway. And it, it's is it a, like it's, a is it like a leaf blower? But it just can't you just it, use a leaf blower? It's more like a it's more like a, a, a lawnmower sized thing, and it, it it's got blades on it. It runs across the wall and then blows the snow out. Of this big chute, it's pretty spectacular, actually, when it's in action. Ah, okay. I think so I, I said, I'm not going to get fl- caught flat-footed again this year. I'm not going to get caught snowshoed again this year. So mm-hmm. I, I bought this brand spanking new snowblower, and I just waited last winter. <laughs> I bet you did. And I waited. <laughs> and I wound up using it only once. And that was just so I could crank it up. I mean, because we didn't get enough snow to justify it just my luck yeah but it's ready for this year is it really is it really noisy is it just yeah obnoxiously noisy i bet you're very obnoxious and it throws snow i mean it's it's somebody's gonna get hurt it's gonna blow snow over into the neighbor's driveway or uh, out into the street or onto your house that snow's got to go somewhere right exactly can't you wouldn't a better invention be a snow melter well, it would if you had that t- kind of time. Uh, no, you yeah. just—that's what I'm saying—is it's like a microwave snow melter, something that does it. Well, you can throw quickly. You can throw salt down, and that takes care of the problem. Why can't after you just while, but, throw gasoline down, like douse the snow with gasoline, and throw a match on it? <laughs> hmm. Let me let me try that this year. I'm just no bad ideas, right? And if there if I, I do get criticized for it, I'll tell her well. My friend said this might be a good way to go. Uh, I I didn't think it was, but she insisted, no, this will be great. It'll be easy, bam, done in a flash, literally.
at the, at the risk of severe criticism, I'm going to, again, offer three jokes on this podcast. You still think again. it's a good idea to make this sort of a um, component of the podcast? Yeah, it probably You're, isn't. You seem really married to it. So Okay, let me, let me tell you, after this, I'm going to get an annulment. Why don't you do right. this? Why don't you do just one real, like instead of three sort of, I don't want to call them mediocre, but that's what I'll call them. Instead of three mediocre jokes, why don't you like save it all for one big good joke at the end? <sighs> well, saying. I've done so much prep. Okay, I'll let you do this. it again. It's not very I don't want to make you upset. Okay, and, and the only good thing is, um, all right, um, I'm going to... What is the only not, good thing? I'm going to skip that, Joe. That's not very good. See, that's what I'm saying. All right. I guess I'm not that well prepared. Okay, here I go. All right. It's a long one. Oh, well, good. Okay. It's going to fill a lot of time. That's good. A teenage couple had been dating for a couple of weeks, and the relationship seemed to be going pretty well. The young girl told the boy that if he were to come over for dinner, meet the parents, and make a good impression, she would reward him by making love to him. Well, he was pretty excited, as it would be the first time. And he immediately went down to the local pharmacy to buy some condoms. But it being his first time, he didn't know what kind to buy. So he asked the pharmacist for help, and the pharmacist spent a good hour discussing the different kinds of condoms, what they do, how to pick a size, and so on. And then he asked the boy which he would like, and the boy responded, Well, being as it's going to be the first time, why don't I get the family pack? The pharmacist rang it up and then sent him on his way. Well, Lisa, finally the night arrived. And, of course, the boy was very nervous, but he was determined to make a good, lasting impression on the girl's parents. Wait, what's a family pack? I'm sorry to to stop you. Is that like a big case of them? That's not uh, covered in in my joke here. Okay, but can you clarify? There's not like like an asterisk there. What do you, how do you, how do you explain it? Is it a family pack? It's just like a bunch of them. I, I think that's what is implicit okay. there. Yeah, yeah. It's an odd name for. And I had a great rhythm going on this joke. I'm and sorry. Now, I just. Now it's, you know, I have to make sure I understand as we I go. I understand. So okay. So back up to where okay the big night comes. Okay, here yeah, we go. Forget the family okay. pack thing. I don't even think it's pertinent. Here we go. We are so the pharmacist rings it up and he sends the kid on his on his way. So finally, the night arrives. And the boy is very nervous, but he was determined to make a good, lasting impression on the girl's parents. Everybody sat down to dinner, and the mother said, Let us bow our heads and pray. And everyone bowed their heads, and they said grace. And when they were finished, everybody looked up, except the boy. He continued to bow his head and mumble in prayer. And after about 20 minutes, he is still praying. And the girl taps him on the leg and says, I never knew you were so religious. And the boy said, I never knew your dad was a pharmacist. <laughs> Very good. You like that one? Uh, yeah. Whether, whether I risk another one, uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Nice. Hey, did you see this uh, documentary about uh, Fred Rogers? Um, 
no, I mean, I've seen... Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I've seen the, the, the trailers for it. I don't know why I'm not compelled to see it. Have you seen it? Is it good? I've not seen it. I've heard a lot about it. I'd like to see it. It's called, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yeah. And uh, documentaries make about maybe $200,000 at the box office if it's doing well. But this one has made $7.5 million, oh. and that was a few weeks ago. So Well, maybe I should doing, see it. So people are running to see it, and I think it's filling a need right now, too. Uh, not to be too sappy about it, but you know, maybe it can make the argument that decency can still play. Mm-hmm. In uh, in these days that where we seem to see a lot of meanness, right? We don't seem to see it; we do see it, right? And this is engaging people. I mean, the guy was Fred Rogers. By all accounts, was exactly who he, he appeared to be on TV. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a role per se. He really uh, was a, a very decent human being, and his influence on kids, my kids. Uh, for for two uh, mm-hmm. was manifest. I mean, he just really t- in a gentle sort of way. And uh, in this hurry scurry world we live in right now, you almost wonder if if something that is so laid back and gentle as the old Mister Rogers neighborhood was, kid, would, would kids sit still and watch it? I kind of think they would. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? And I think it's an interesting contrast to what we were talking about in the last podcast about how you're not a man unless you're out hunting and killing stuff if you're if you're gentle and thoughtful and uh, compassionate that somehow you're less of a man so it's it it really is a huge contrast to what you were telling me about hunting sport hunting is now taking off but now people are, are flocking to this movie so is it are, are we split even further down the middle on these things it seems to be I don't. I don't know if if it demonstrates that, but it does show that there is something to be said for the gentler, kinder uh, way of being, not necessarily at the exclusion of uh, the other. I mean, sure. people can 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 be both. Uh, you can you know you can be a tough as nails in certain areas, and then more understanding and gentle in others. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's hypocrisy to be both. But uh, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm just glad this movie came out. I think it was a perfect timing for it. And uh, the other film that I'm gonna tape uh, because I missed it the first time around was called is called RBG. Ah, yes, it's about, about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, that's supposed to be a huge, huge film. And they're also now making an action figure of her, which I love. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I love She's it. She's like 85 years old. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, and she's apparently got a terrific sense of humor. You see that in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she's got one of the more important jobs in the world. Uh, you, you, you know, you hope whichever side of the political aisle you sit on, I think it's reasonable to hope for a somewhat balanced uh, judiciary. And uh, and so she uh, she helps balance things out 
for right now. People ask me, when would you be satisfied with the number of women on the court? When there are nine. For most of the country's history, they were all white men. I'm uh, watching, and I'm surprised I started watching this, um, but I'm on Netflix. There's a documentary called Trump, an American Dream, and it's uh, episodic, so it's not one long movie. It's uh, several episodes, and it goes all the way back to his uh, beginnings, not as a child, but just his beginnings uh, in Manhattan when he renovated his first hotel and then right. of course right. uh, started building from there and just the interviews remember rona barrett rona barrett yeah, rona barrett had a long interview with him and it's interesting some of the things that he used to say that says now he's always been saying them so this this side that that people see of him now is not something that he's just created he's always been this way and it's fascinating the amount of actual archival footage they have of a young Donald. You are a mover, you are a doer. If you could make America perfect, how would you do it? Well, I think that America is a country that has tremendous, tremendous potential. I think that much like the mind, I think that America is using very, very little of its potential. I feel that this country with the proper leadership can go on to become what it once was. And I hope and certainly hope that it does go on to be what it, uh, what it should be. What should it be? Well, it should, be a, it should really be a country that gets the respect of other countries. Today, is respect the most important thing in your opinion? Well, respect can lead to other things. When you get the respect of the other countries, then the other countries tend to do a little bit as you do and you can create the right attitude. His business dealings and his father and how much he needed to prove himself better than his father. And uh, it's really, I think, rather fascinating. Um, it is fascinating. It is. It is. And I think, I think if people who remained friends with him mm -hmm, back in the day mm -hmm. uh, dismissed uh, it because uh, the idea that this guy was going to somehow become president mm -hmm. Wasn't even on the table, and so well, it was. You know, I can overlook some things, I guess. Yeah, it was though. It's interesting because uh, Rona Barrett had even asked him this, this back in the seventies. If you if you lost all of your wealth today, what would you do? And he said, Ah, I'll probably run for president. And then he's like, Nah, I'm just I'm just kidding. But he said that back in the seventies. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is crazy, yeah. and of course uh, he he's the subject, if you can believe it. Uh, through his career of 3,500 lawsuits. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something of a record right there. And, of course, he and his father, uh, early in the early days, uh, they got in some trouble for their double dealings in their apartment buildings mm -hmm. where they were apparently weren't, yeah. you know, renting to certain uh, people of certain colors right. and that sort of stuff. I mean, it's a long, long history. So none of this really should be a huge surprise. The huge surprise is that someone like that got elected president. Mm -hmm. And we can go from there. Well, it was interesting. But enough about that. Well, it was interesting that he was very much about publicity uh, back in the old days. And that's how he really became the, the so-called magnet that he became because of all, because of his publicity um, shrewdness. And whatever you want to yeah. say about him, he is brilliant 
at creating his own publicity. And he was even back yeah. then. No, he really is good. And, and even back then he was. So that's what I thought was really fascinating was that he he was already dialed into that the power of, of publicity way back then. So it's it's a good yeah. watch if you get a chance. It's called Trump and American Dream on Net hmm. on, on yeah, Netflix. I'll check it out. I uh I, I do think you can be a master marketer if you mm-hmm. are especially if you dispense with anything that's inconvenient like the truth sure. you you it's just you just plow forward from there right because and that's that, what makes news when people say did you can you believe what this person said just say it a mm-hmm. lot and say it often yeah. and say it all the time mm-hmm. don't say fake news once say it a million times yeah don't say build the you wall know. once a million times say it a million times <laughs> yeah yeah, his greatest hits, uh, we could go through all of those. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. You're senator. What a stiff. What a stiff. Our leaders are stupid. Our politicians are stupid. I'm really rich. I'll show you that in a second. I beat China all the time. What's this guy, beggar? Somebody's doing the raping, Don. I mean, who's doing the raping? You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account... Only Rosie O'Donnell. As we're recording this right now, and of course it's impossible to know day to day what where things are going to go, but we've got two things going on. One, Bob Woodward has yes. this new book out. And the second thing is that there was an anonymous editorial published in the New York Times, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, by somebody who's described only as a senior staffer in the White House. Mm-hmm. And people who are listening to this now know know the whole story of that. But to me, the most chilling part of all of this is the demand by the president that, that uh, the New York Times tell us who this person was and turn them over mm. immediately mm-hmm. to the FBI. <clears throat> that, that turn them over thing sounds so fascist to me so chilling mm-hmm. uh it, it, it's it's maybe the creepiest part of this story as far as i'm concerned yeah well that is you can argue whether you can argue whether that person should have just had the temerity to say yeah this is my name this is what i think mm-hmm. i know i'm going to be fired now and 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 assign their name to this thing i think they're saying no nah, if i keep it anonymous I can continue to be in the White House and mm-hmm. and work to uh, to steer this man away from his worst inclinations. Uh, I think it's interesting that um, he had said in a f- interview with Phil Donahue. I'm going back to this documentary now. In the '80s, he said, uh, "If somebody hits me, I hit him back three times harder," which is something he's <clears throat> been saying currently as well. So somebody has hit him, and that's why he wants them to be turned over so that he can just completely annihilate them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it is disturbing, but that's just ha- that's how he is. He he his view is you are either um, a predator or you are a victim, and that's why he he does what he does because he refuses to be a victim. I think to be fair, you could admire some of that. Uh, some of that direction, some of that determination. But I, I, I think it, what's missing now is that a president, at least in part, ought to be someone that inspires mm-hmm. people, that, yeah. that, uh, that comforts people, uh, that uh, elevates 
the discussion uh, that talks about bigger things than themselves all the time. And takes care of the people, takes care of us. Yeah, we get none of that now. And I think if you maybe you like some of the things, maybe you like the tax cuts, maybe you like the Supreme Court picks. But I can't imagine even any of his supporters liking everything about him. They can't be liking the, the tweets and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of that, I heard this uh, thing on uh, uh, public radio the other day. Uh, and I can't even remember the name of the show, but it was fascinating. They interviewed a woman named Sarah Jane Moore. And, uh, and uh, she's 87 years old. And so, basically, she tells her story in such a matter-of-fact way that you just can't believe what the ending of it is. And she says, well, I got up one morning. This was in San Francisco. This was 1975. I got up one morning, and I had some breakfast, and I took my child to school. And uh, and then I got in the car, and I drove downtown San Francisco, and I walked up to where a big crowd was gathered, and I uh, I didn't mean to get right up to the front, but I, uh, somebody behind me kept pushing me forward, and I turned around, and I was going to yell at him, but I, it was a man, a pretty big man and, and handsome, uh, and he wasn't trying to push me around. He was being pushed from behind himself, and so pretty soon we find ourselves up near the curb, and and uh, and then uh, President Gerald Ford comes walking out of this hotel. And uh, so then that's when I reached into my purse and I pulled out uh, my pistol and I shot at him. And I missed him the first time and I was trying to get a second shot. And that's when the man behind me grabbed my arm and what? moved the gun away so that the second shot went wild. That's that Sarah Jane Moore. I couldn't believe wow. it in a matter of fact way. She was spent 31 years, I think, in prison. She's out now. And uh, the point of the interview wasn't to be about her or why she did that. It was about the man that was pushing her from behind and the man who ultimately might have saved President Ford. Oliver Sippel was his name. Hmm. And uh, I would encourage people, you can just Google the name, Oliver Sippel, S-I-P-P-L-E. Uh, he was uh, he was most immediately an American hero, and then within two or three days, his whole life changed because a, a columnist for the San Francisco uh, newspaper, I think the Examiner, named Herb Cain, mm-hmm. uh, revealed that Oliver Sippel, uh, yes, he was a, a, a U.S. Marine, yes, he had saved President Ford's life, but he was also gay, mm. and it just and it ruined his. Oliver Sipple's life. Oh, boy. And his parents wouldn't speak to him oh, anymore. Oh, my gosh. It was an embarrassment, and he died uh, some years later. Wow. Miserable and alone. There's more to the story than that, but it, it, it all turns on a different time, 1975. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and that somehow that disqualified him from admiration because he was right. gay. And even in his parents' oh, mind. Oh, boy. It, it's, a, it's a sad story, but it's an amazing tale. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when they began the interview, I said, I know that name, Sarah Jane Moore. Why is that ringing a bell? What drove you to want to try to assassinate President Ford? Well, everybody asks that. And the thing is that everybody was talking about it. They say, where did you get the idea? I don't know about the rest of the country, but in San Francisco, 
uh, people were saying this all the time. N number one, we elect our presidents, we don't appoint them. And Gerald Ford was appointed, and he was appointed by a crook, if you will pardon the expression. She's referring, uh, of course, to Nixon. So it wasn't a unique feeling. Mm. Uh, it was partly that there were other people who had talked about it who I thought were much more important uh, to what we were thinking of, of as the revolution, and we really, truly thought there was going to be one. Mm. And I thought somebody like me, I was a nobody, uh, it would be better coming from somebody like me and not destroying these people who I felt were were leaders. And, and if they did this, it would destroy their their leadership. Uh, of course, then there's another woman named Squeaky Fromm mm -hmm. that also tried to plug <laughs> President Ford. Why him? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, he survived both of those attempts. Yeah. You know. And the women, it's it's the women who... Because usually, that's the surprise. Yeah, yeah. usually it's uh, it's the men that are doing the assassinating. That's probably why she got to approach so close, right? But she's she's never adequately explained why why she wanted to shoot him, mm. uh, or what was going through her mind. She just went off to jail. She's out now. Weird story. Yeah, that is weird. I, I would check it out. Hey, um, are you pretty good at recycling stuff? I think, I think you have to be. Do you mean if you're gonna live in Seattle? Do you mean recycling, or do you mean repurposing? Because I'm good at repurposing stuff, but I mean, <clears throat> well, no, I'm. I'm talking about this whole recycling thing where you got to put bottles here and this and I that. I just, you know, I have a recycle been in my kitchen next to the trash but i don't i'm not religious about it i'm not rinsing out milk cartons and if they want me yeah. to put the milk carton in the recycle it's going in without being rinsed out sorry well down in oregon they have a, a, a bottle program bottles and plastic bottles uh, and you can get a dime back for every a bottle that you recycle and they have they still big, have that recycle. because they used to have yeah. that. I remember growing up as a kid, but now, yeah. now we don't get anything for it. I don't think. No, this is a, something I think Governor Tom McCall was spearheaded many years ago. It's a recycling program uh, where you can get money back on the on, on the uh, deposit on these bottles and cans. Is there's an incentive now mm -hmm. for people not to throw these things in the trash, right? Yeah, but to but to recycle them. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I do it. I take these big bags in there, and I've got, I think I've got, I've not ever cashed it in, but I've got like 120 bucks in in there now coming to Is me. Is that just from beer bottles? Just from beer bottles. <laughs> and, uh, wine, and wine bottles. Bottle. You can't, now you can't eat, wine doesn't, wine bottles don't Oh, count. we'll see. They have to be beer bottles or Coke say, bottles. I was going to say, I would make a fortune if they were giving me money back on my wine bottles, but forget it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Well, it reminded me that I did an I uh, I did uh, some question and answers with uh, some people on our radio show years ago, and I have a transcript of it here, where I was trying to explain. Uh, I was trying to answer people's questions about recycling, mm -hmm. and explain to them uh, uh, some of the answers. And and here's a question that came from Trudy in White Center, and Trudy said. Can I dump styrofoam peanuts into my recycling cart? I said, you sure can, Trudy. 
if you want a $1 fine, that's 50 bucks for business and apartment complexes. However, there are a few places that will recycle the peanuts for Mm -hmm. free, eventually making those into styrofoam peanut butter. (laughs) Then I got another question from a guy who said, hey, what's that thing on your lip? You should see a doctor about that. (laughs) I said, well, yeah, never mind that. Do you have a question about recycling or composting? No, just a lip. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to the next question. And this guy said, I understand that shredding, uh, that shredded paper is recyclable. What about shredded wheat? (laughs) I said, that's a really good question. Thanks for not mentioning the thing on my lip, by the way. (laughs) Shredded paper is recyclable because it can be turned back into new paper. Shredded wheat cannot currently be turned back into new wheat. (laughs) Incidentally, shredded paper soaked in milk and sliced bananas is not recyclable. (laughs) Another guy named Yassar said, What about CD cases? Can they be recycled? I said, no. Those CD cases go into the garbage. The greatest hits of Michael Bolton is already recycled (laughs) material. (laughs) One other guy said, what if I refuse to pay my $1 fine? I said, well, you'll immediately be sent to prison without the possibility of parole. And that still looks really good in print. And then I had one final question come in. I said, guy said, I think that thing on your lip could be a herpes. And that was from a doctor in Normandy Park. And I said, could you put that in the form of a question, doctor? Yeah, sure. I think that thing on your lip could be a herpes. (laughs) Well, what can I do for it? Could you put that in the form of an answer? Yes. And then that was the end of it. (laughs) But I'm just not really getting really behind the recycling thing entirely, but I do it rather slavishly. We have a recycling center near where we live. Cardboard goes in one thing and, you know, newspapers in another and that kind of stuff. And then the bottles. And when when the bin is empty, this is huge bin Mm -hmm. made of metal. When the bin is empty and you're dropping your wine bottles in there. Man, does it make even a in the plastic bins? It makes a ruckus. Yeah. yeah, and when you and when there there's one, two, three, pretty soon forty seven, forty eight bottles clanking yeah. in there. You just hope. I, I try to wait till there's nobody else around. <laughs> And now it is time for another hilarious okay. joke. Again, I haven't the done previous one was pretty well. good. You yeah, like that, that was one? Good. That that encourages me. That makes me happy. Okay. Uh, let's see. You know, I'm not really well. I thought you said okay. you circled the good ones. I, I, <laughs> I normally did, but now, now I started having doubts ah, about some of them. I see. So, I mean, you're, you've raised the bar so high now. I, <laughs> Sorry. Now I might have passed muster earlier, but not today. Okay, so here we go. An old woman is sitting in a rocking... This is kind of an old joke, but it's a goodie. An old woman is sitting in a rocking chair on her porch, and she's petting her cat, Puff. A fairy appears, because that happens all the time. <laughs> and the fairy says, I'm here to give you three wishes. The old woman says, Oh, boy, that would be great. Three wishes. Well, I wish I was 21 years old and beautiful again. And she is. Wow. Oh, boy, look at me. I still have the old voice, but I look 21. 
<laughs> okay, okay. She said, well, what is your second wish? Well, now I wish I had a million dollars and this old house was a mansion. And poof, it's done. Wow. Oh, boy, this is fantastic. <laughs> I've got a third one, don't I? Yes, you do. Okay, I wish that Puff here was the handsomest man in the world and deeply in love with me. And poof. Suddenly, she's in the arms of the handsomest man in the world. The man kisses her and says, Darling, aren't you sorry now that you had me fixed? <laughs> Very funny. The year of the cat. That's, that's a good one. I kind of like yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, well, how are we doing for time? We're, get, we're getting yeah. there. Um, you're going to be... Uh, motoring soon are you tr still traveling is this are uh, you hitting the peak of the business travel time for yourself um yeah i'm getting there um as as we're taping this i still have another week home and then uh, i'll be on the road for the fall but you know what's funny i um i was uh at a fred meyer so this was a few weeks ago because you know we're coming up on <laughs> what what are you laughing at you said what's you know what's funny? I was at a Fred Meyer. Not funny, not funny, ha was... ha, funny weird, oh, <clears throat> funny oh, oh, weird. Oh. And a few weeks ago, so this was like I know we're getting into October now, but they already had pumpkins piled up outside of the Fred Meyer. Oh, now, I know. Now wait, now wait. It was like it was like Labor Day weekend. So if we do the math, one two nine seven, can carry the one. That's like sixty days before Halloween. So. No, Who's going to buy a pumpkin now, or do people start decorating now? Now, I know your wife, Patty, she's a wonderful decorator. She does all these wonderful seasonal things around the house. She does. Has she already whipped out all the fall decorations now? No, no, no. no so no. she's not buying the no, pumpkins. That's... Who's buying these pumpkins? No. Well, I don't know. it seems know, like a terrible but... waste because they're going to be all mushy and gross by the time Halloween comes along. Well, beyond Halloween, Thanksgiving, uh, uh, that's that's when we buy a pumpkin because we like to put the uh, uh, dressing that would uh, part part of which would go into the turkey. We put the rest of the dressing and she makes fabulous dressing. We put it we hollow out a pumpkin and put it in there and you cook it, you bake it inside oh. of the pumpkin and it adds a little extra flavor. So you're talking about it. the stuffing. Uh, the yeah. stuffing. Yeah, I know some stuffing. people call it dressing. I don't know why. When you say dressing, I think of a salad. Salad dressing. Well, yeah. Uh, which okay. I thought was think of a just go think of a salad then. No, which I thought. And what do you and what do you think of a salad? By the way, that sounds like a good <laughs> idea to me. Well, I thought that was odd, but it kind of cool if you used pump hollowed out pumpkins for um, serving all the condiments. Actually, not a bad idea. But or condiments. Anyway, so you don't buy a pumpkin for Halloween. I don't think so. When kids were little, we'd make jack-o'-lanterns. But two years ago, we were uh, staying at a rental house on Whidbey Island. And uh, and so it's getting near Thanksgiving time. We're going to have Thanksgiving at this house there. And my wife says, well, let's go out and get a, get a pumpkin. And this was like the day before Thanksgiving. So I go to a, a store. Sorry, they're all gone. Go to another store. They're all gone. Go to a farmer's market. They don't have any. And I'm thinking, gee, this, there's no pumpkins yeah, left. Yeah, it's after Halloween. And and so in the middle of the night, and I confess this oh to you now. Oh, my God, no. 
I got in this car and I drove around darkened you neighborhoods. You stole somebody's pumpkin? Oh! Yep, I did. <laughs> Are I, you I ashamed of yourself? It. Well, yeah, I am, but we had we, we had to have a pumpkin. Did you, like, this. at least leave a couple of bucks on the... You did? Yes, I did. Okay, I, I did. And I put it under put it under yeah, a okay. rock. And 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 I, and I figured they're not going to want the pumpkin the day after Thanksgiving anyway. It was actually in front of a store, I think. A closed store, convenience store on the side of the road. Pretty uh pretty rural, pretty mm-hmm. remote. I didn't think anybody'd miss the pumpkin. Uh and there's nothing more to the story than that except my eternal damnation in hell. <laughs> Which is coming, yeah. for sure. Well, we tried to make. I tried to make a pumpkin pie several years ago. Yeah, well, they're they're not and hard. What do you mean? I made it. I made it, and I put it together, and I did all the things you're supposed to do. Baked it, and we brought it out, and it was horrible. What? And it was stringy. There were strings in it, uh, strings of pumpkin in it. Oh, I didn't God. know that not just any old pumpkin become, can become a pumpkin pie. You need a sugar pumpkin. I don't right? know. I think that's right. And I just took a generic pumpkin, and no matter how much I blended it in the blender, I could not get the long. It's, it's <laughs> like the consistency of of uh, dental floss. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This. It was terrible, and we threw it away. Oh, yeah. and you went to all that trouble. Since then, I have learned that uh, you know you need you need a certain type of yeah. pumpkin, or that is, or you just need a good. Costco, pretty much. Yeah, man, I saw I saw I was in Costco the other day, and I saw these things are the size I know. of hubcaps, bigger Their than that. Their pies are huge, yeah. and they're so good. I can't believe yeah. I didn't grab they're one. delightful. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one, that apple pie they have there at Costco yep. with the crisscross and the crust sugar. On, mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <sighs> yeah, I know, <sighs> I know. When I'm in Costco by myself, I will take pictures of things and send them <laughs> to my wife. I took a picture <laughs> of uh, 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 halibut. There was halibut uh, in their fish case, and this halibut was a hundred and twenty-two dollars. <gasps> Why? Was, I mean, it's a. It's incredibly expensive. This was, I don't know how many pounds. I think it was approaching $25 a pound. Was it like a, like that. a whole Just fish? Outrage. No, it wasn't even a whole fish. It was oh. a pretty big chunk, but still. Wow. And who can afford to buy halibut? I'll, I'll stick but to But imagine if it wasn't at Costco, imagine how much it would have cost. Well, that's the uh, that's the mistake so many of us make. I know. <laughs> We assume that Costco is cheaper, but it's often not. Yeah, it is amazing the state of mind. I'm in a completely different state of mind in Costco than I am at my local QFC when I'm shopping. I'm I'm all of a sudden I feel like all right, deals to be had, deals to be had, vats of things to buy, and and I'll come home with a 55 gallon drum of soy sauce because I'm like you know it was <laughs> it was two dollars. Yeah. So and you'll have it for years. And I'll have it for years. So it's it is a definitely a slippery slope when you get into Costco because Costco's not really geared for 
single people no, like it's, you, it's, or, not, or even couples like us. It's made. You see people buying, yeah, you know, fifty gallons of milk, and you realize they they have a cafe or a restaurant or, or something, a or, large family or something. Yeah, yeah, and so that's really what it it's geared to. So some things are just silly. I used to, I used to joke that uh, the guy bought a set of tires at Costco thinking he was buying donuts. <laughs> or maybe it was the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. insane. Yeah. Hey, I have one well, more I have one more quick uh, story to share yeah. with you. This is a, yeah. a a technology story. It actually came out this summer and I never got a chance to talk to you about it, but um and you probably saw the article that IBM had has now patented a, a coffee delivery drone. And they 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 haven't said whether they're going to actually produce it, but they've um filed for the patent. And the patent describes this this technology as a drone that can apparently detect when, like, if you're tired or if you're if you if you're starting to, to your your energy starting to, to to flag in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. it can detect mm-hmm. this and actually bring you a coffee drink, uh, via a drone, and it'll lower it on like a like a fishing line, <laughs> like a string, like it'll come to you and then it'll just. Doesn't that sound fantastic? If I'm feeling tired and out of it, I would rather the drone deliver me a blankie and a pillow. (laughs) Can I do one more joke for you? Yeah, let's do one more joke. All right. There was a blind man who decided to visit Texas. When he got on the plane, he felt the seats and he said, Wow, these seats are big. The person next to him said, Well, yeah, everything's big in Texas. When he finally arrived in Texas, the guy decided to visit a restaurant. And upon arriving, he ordered a drink, and they got a mug placed in front of him. And he grabbed it, and he said, Wow, these mugs are big. Bartender said, Yeah, everything's big here in Texas. After a couple of drinks, the blind man asked the bartender where the bathroom was located. The bartender replied, That'd be second door to the right. The blind man headed for the bathroom, but he accidentally tripped and he passed by the second door. Instead, he went through a third door, which led to the swimming pool. He fell into the pool, scared to death. He started shouting, Don't flush! Don't flush! You push me when I'm falling And you kick me when I'm down I guess I miss my calling Cause I should have been a clown Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.